When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout, a Buffalo football podcast, hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right. Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, Bills Mafia? We are live with the Shout Buffalo Football Podcast covering your Bills. And the Bills were live today out in Orchard Park, inside the stadium, on the grass. Wow, Ryan, I got to tell you, uh, it was a really cool feeling to walk into that stadium today after a summer filled with uh, angst about you know the potential of a 2020 football season. We've talked about it on the podcast plenty of times now about you know all the questions that we had about know what the season's going to look like but today it just felt normal and that's super cool he is ryan talbot i am matt perino this is the shout football podcast provided by syracuse.com and newyorkupstate.com uh this is our observation show we had practice day it was the first live one tackling hitting it was a lot of fun out there if you have any questions drop them in the comment section and we'll get to them but we're just going to give you guys a quick uh 20 minute podcast usually this will go a little bit earlier uh, but it is my birthday and I had a couple, uh, things, uh, that Marcel and John, uh, took me out to, uh, lunch today. Shout out to those guys uh, and everybody on, on, on Twitter. Bill's mafia has been great all day and you, you too, Ryan. So thank you. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So not only did you walk into the stadium, you walked into the newly named Bill's stadium today. Mm. So catchy, so catchy. So uh, I, I, we're starting to see some comments here. No questions just yet. So I'm going to actually kind of kick it off. And now we're getting some birthday wishes for you as well. Uh, <laughs> you mentioned Gabe Davis early on in your observation piece today. And, and it's kind of funny because earlier, uh, I guess last week, John Brown really kind of hyped up Gabe Davis and Isaiah Hodge and saying how they're teaching us things. He mentioned the versatility of Gabe Davis. And, and then Sean McDermott kind of splashed some cold water on the rookies uh, yesterday or two days ago when he when he pretty much said, you know, there's a lot of runway left with these guys. We like what we see, but let's kind of temper expectations. But today, Davis hauls in a, a big catch. So can you talk a little bit about 
what we've seen from what you saw from Gabe Davis today. Yeah, Gabe Davis. Today was really the first day. So he practiced Monday, uh, but it was still, you know, very light. Um, you know, they were doing thud up, but, he, you know, he, not a lot of action. Tuesday, he missed practice with the late contusion. So you wonder when did he suffer the injury on Monday? And then Wednesday, yesterday was a, a very light walkthrough. Now we go to today and it's the big, you know, breakout day for Gabe Davis. It was a 67 yard touchdown, Ryan. And first of all, okay. So a couple of plays earlier, Tredavious white looked like he might've dinged his foot or something. He just looked like something was bothering him. And after a play, he stayed in, he practiced the entire day, but I'm wondering if that might've had any impact on this because usually Tredavious white doesn't give up big completions, but it was just a quick slant route. And we were all kind of sitting up at the top of the bowl there, right. When you walk into that first level and looking down on it, it was like, okay, he, you know, somebody's going to get him. Somebody's going to get him and nobody got him. And Gabe Davis goes 67 yards for a touchdown. And you know, it, it was crazy. It was a quick slant. He got the ball in his hands. It was a good ball by Josh Allen. We'll talk a little bit about him. Not the best day for Josh Allen, but he had a, a couple good plays. This was actually not Josh Allen. This was Davis Webb. Uh, we'll talk about him as well. Um, but it was just a great play. And it, and, it, and, it, and it tells me that everything that we were hearing from the Bills you know, in the, in the off season virtual program, you know, how smart Gabe Davis is, how quickly he was picking up the playbook. He looks comfortable out there. I mean, you don't make a play like that unless you kind of know what you're doing. There's a lot you can do with natural talent. Um, but it, it was a great play and it was against Tredavious white, you know, one of the best cornerbacks in the league, Levi Wallace kind of got in the mix there. He tried to, to track him down and he couldn't. So he's got some playmaking speed. He's got a big body. I'm very, very interested to see how they utilize him, you know, it gets you thinking like, what are the possibilities for like a four wide receiver look for this offense? I know that that hasn't happened much over the course of the last few years that they've been building this thing, but Gabe Davis opens up the playbook even more and makes them even tougher to deal with. If he's going to be a contributor. Yeah. You know, it's funny. We're on the same page. I was just going to bring that up. Now, one of the reasons though, Dable probably didn't run a lot of four wide receiver sets is because of the wide receivers that have been on this roster over the last few years. Now you have a legitimate trio, and if you do run a four-receiver set and, and Gabe Davis is your number four, think about what he could do because all the attention is going to be on Diggs and Brown on the outside. Beasley is going to get his fair share of attention. So Davis, while you know you do want to temper expectations a little bit, could make some pretty big plays here as a rookie. It's pretty exciting. Staying on the offensive side of the ball, Arturo B would like to know, how is Dawson Knox looking? Yeah, so this is – my comment here will be a little bit more about the offense as a whole. And I think that, you know, we talked about it over and over again in these first few days about how the defense is always in these early camp situations going to be ahead of the, uh, the offense. And I think the lack of Dawson Knox is just kind of a result of that. I think that they're still trying to work things out. You know, we'll get a little bit into Josh Allen here as well. Today wasn't his best day. And, you know, some of the, you know, you know, we're watching practice. There's no replay. I can't really dive into the X's and O's of it really, but he just looked uncomfortable on certain plays. It looked like, you know, going through his reads, he was a little bit slow, but I think that that's okay. I, I wouldn't necessarily say that it's super concerning at this point. This is the first time he's looked at a live defensive pass rush, you know, in eight months. And this is a really good one. We were talking about this after the fact, this defensive line, 
even like when you get to AJ Epinesa and and um, Daryl Johnson, who are expected to be guys that are on the lower end of things in terms of of snap count this season, in terms of expectations, they're delivering. AJ Epinesa today was a terror off the edge. I wrote about it in one of my observations. He beat Ryan Bates uh, on a nice outside move. It was really, really gorgeous. And I think he's another guy that's starting to get comfortable. This rookie class, that's another piece. You got to be excited if you're a Bills fan because that was one of the big concerns I had going into this thing. How what should we temper the expectations here for this for these rookies? We have 4 weeks uh of basically of training camp before they're thrown into the regular season. Isaiah Hodgins, I see a comment here. He's been really good the first 4 days as well. Uh didn't really pop too much today, but they're not going to pop every day. But Zach Moss, AJ Epinesa, even Dane Jackson being willing to mix it up in coverage. There's a lot of young players in this team, you know, competing and making plays, and and that's a good thing. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Jackson. I've seen his name come up a few times from other beat reporters on the team, so he seems to be making the most of the opportunity. Uh, you mentioned that Jake Fromm had a little bit of a moment today, and then obviously the kicker battle, too. We have a rookie there in, in Tyler Bass. So today you said was probably the most extensive day that we've seen for kicking from Bass and Hauschka, and it looks like that issue with Hauschka, the biggest concern, those longer kicks came into play today. Yeah, today was one of those days that I think Hauschka truthers feared, you know, as we looked into this uh, training camp battle. Uh, he went 0 for 3 on 50 plus yarders in the first, uh, you know, 11 on 11 drill where they sent him out for multiple kicks. Later in practice, he did. Um, he did, he did end up making a 50 plus yarder, but then Tyler Bass came on right behind him, kicked the same kick and made it. And it looked like it would have been good from 70. So, you know, the, the big takeaway from today is Tyler Bass just has a booming leg and the one area that, you know, of concern, and it's a good question to, you know, what are you willing to deal with? He missed a 44 yarder. Uh, and I think he missed it based on how powerful his leg is. It went left, but it was long. It was like, it was a super hard kick. And I just think it might be muddy got caught by the wind and it, it, it kind of swung left, but are you willing to deal with a few mistakes in that 40 to 49 range? When you have a guy that can go out there on a day like today and hit three from 50, like it's absolutely nothing. I mean, it's like a flick of the foot. And I, I believe it was Joe Buscalia, um, special teams kicker or punter expert uh, from the athletic that tweeted today, like, you know, Bass has got a booming leg. It's live in person. It's, it's eye popping in person. Uh, you know, I, I think one of the biggest concerns about Hauschka, you go back to that playoff game, they had a chance to, you know, kick a field goal to tie the game. They didn't send him out there because it was too long. And with Bass, you'll never have to ask yourself that question. If you have a 50 plus yard field goal, and, and the game's on the line, you can send that guy out there and you'll be pretty confident in him. Yeah, and, and you know, for, for Bills fans that have been around for a couple of years, you don't want to turn this into a Dustin Hopkins situation. There was a few years ago that the Bills also added Dustin Hopkins uh, in a draft or after the draft. Now that's kind of blurry to me. And he, and he ended up getting injured, and then they ended up riding with uh, Carpenter. And, and since that point, you know, he's been a pretty consistent kicker in Washington. You don't want to see that situation unfold again where you give up on this promising guy because, and I get it, expectations are high for the Bills this year. You want to have some reliability there in that kicking game. But at the same time, if if all things are even or even if it's close and maybe Hauschka was slightly better, I still think you have to go with the young guy if you're only going to carry one kicker. 
you have to go with that upside. You have to go with who can win you those games late in those long kick situations, like you said. Um, transitioning a little bit, and, and we will get to Josh Allen because you've mentioned that a few times. There was a comment earlier on here. People are wanting to know how A.J. Klein is looking so far in the defense, kind of assuming that Lorenzo Alexander role. He's been good, and he's been out there. Like, yeah, like again, I can't talk about like when and where he's been out there, but you know, he's looked good uh, when I've noticed him, and I haven't noticed him looking bad. And th- that's always a good thing with linebackers. I wrote in the observations today that it's tough with linebackers in this setting, even when they do start to tackle. You know, it they just don't pop as much because you know a lot of times play slows down as they kind of come into a bunch and. Uh, things like that. So it's been tough to kind of navigate watching the linebackers. And I'm so used to Milano and Tremaine kind of just doing their job and so many new guys to keep an eye on. But for Klein, you know, I think he offers great flexibility. And I think that he, he offers some great uh, veteran leadership and he knows what he's doing out there. He's, I would say he's probably more athletically inclined at this stage of his career than Lorenzo Alexander was last year that a lot that will probably allow Sean McDermott to do more things with him. Um, I will say he did come off the field for a moment today with a little, uh, he had a little bit of a limp. He walked it off on the sideline. It wasn't anything near, uh, what we saw with Josh Norman. And we could talk about that too, if you'd like. Um, but, but, uh, you know, AJ Klein so far, so good. We'll, we'll see more as we go along. It was Matt Milano though, man, today he was flying around the field when Matt Milano's dialed in and he's like, he's playing really well. He's so fun to watch because he's just like a little, uh, yeah, what's a good word for it? He, he almost looks like a, a pin, like a pinball out of a pinball machine. <laughs> like sometimes I just feel like Leslie Frazier's on the sideline hitting the side buttons, and all of a sudden you look and it's like, dang, that's Matt, that's Matt Milano. He br- he blew up two plays today. It was one as a running play, and one was a a sack where he would have definitely had he had Josh Allen dead to right. So Matt Milano, man, huge year for him. I think he knows it. He looks like he's in midseason form as long as he can stay healthy. Uh, that's looking pretty good as well. Very good. Yeah. And, you know, linebackers are usually so interchangeable, but a, a guy like Matt Milano from day one has been such a great fit in Sean McDermott's defense that if the Bills do end up paying him, which I think is still in their plans, I think it's something they, they want to do. You, you couldn't blame them one bit because he has been great from a rookie, uh, you know, a day three pick at that and, and really come in and made himself a, a household name, at least in Buffalo. But well, let's transition over to the Joshes, Allen and Norman here. Because uh, we can talk about both because both had things happen today. Let's talk with Allen first, though, in, mm-hmm. in Allen's day. You said he had some really good throws. We saw the throw to Diggs on social media that the Bills posted. It wasn't necessarily a, a spiral, but it got to where it needed to be pretty much in stride. Uh, and, and he made some other good plays. But, you know, tell us a little bit about the ups and downs of Allen's day today. Yeah, and it's and it's a more again about what I think is just going on with this offense as a whole. There's a couple new pieces. I mean, you know, one big piece to to monitor here is Reggie Gilliam is a guy that's getting all of the fullback reps because there's no other fullback. <laughs> Patrick DeMarco's <laughs> injured. I mean, I'm not giving anything away there. I mean, that was just uh, you know, product of deduction. Um, and, and so, you, you know, you got Stefan Diggs, who's in the mix now, uh, you know, working in, uh, you know, Brian Winters, when he's on the field, he's not been uh, a part of things before. So I think that there's just a lot of new pieces where you're going up against the defense that for the most part, you know, on at each level, especially in the secondary, but even on the defensive line, there's a lot of continuity there still. And the guys that are that are new are showing up and playing well. Quentin Jefferson's been playing well. AJ Epinesa has had really good moments. Um, Vernon Butler and Harrison Phillips is playing well. So I think that right now 
things are still kind of getting worked out on the offensive side of the ball. And it just so happens to be that they're going up against one of the elite defense in the league who looks like they're raring and ready to go all three phases, uh, all three levels that, you know, they're, sh- they're firing on all cylinders. I will say for Josh today, some of the footwork and his recognition of what was going on out there was a little bit scattershot. It was up and down. You know, there was a moment where on one quick slant play to, to Stefan Diggs, I thought that he read the play really well. He got the ball out of his hands, got it, got the ball to him, and it was it was a great connection. Another one with Cole Beasley on a on a nice little wide receiver uh delayed screen, eight yard game backed up against uh, you know, uh the uh in their own red zone. He 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 was patient. The footwork was there. He delivered the ball. It was an eight-yard game. Good, good block by John Brown. But then there was some plays that you know you'd like to see back. The interception to Josh Norman was a terrible throw. It was a terrible read. It's one where he was basically, you know, Stefan Diggs was kind of caught in a lot of traffic and Josh Allen had a choice to make and he made the wrong one. Like you just don't throw that ball there. You know, you'd rather probably see him eat the sack there then throw that, especially in the practice environment like this, then throw that ball up and, and get it picked off. There was another one where Brian Cox Jr. made his first uh, um, splash, I'll, I'll say, of, of training camp where he was coming in off um, on a pass rush, got his hands up and batted down uh, a, a ball from Josh that I think he just was, he was waiting for the screen to develop. And as we've seen in years past, he just seemed to be a little bit impatient and that in- affected his footwork a little bit. I thought I felt like his, you know, if my memory serves me correctly, his right foot was kind of out in front of his body, and it kind of just forced him to just be like, uh, uh, and then you know what I mean. So there was a lot of that today. A, a couple misfires, but again, this is the first time that these guys have actually played a live football practice. So I'm not taking too much. It's why I put it as my fifth observation. I don't think it's breaking news. I don't think it's something that you sit back as a Bills fan and be like, oh, here we go. Josh Allen, you know, it, it you know, hasn't progressed. He could come out tomorrow and 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 just absolutely light up the field. It's just what I saw. I got to give you my observations. I thought that there was some good, probably more bad or more, you know, stuff that he'd like to have back as Sean McDermott always likes to say. Um, but he said too, uh, it was interesting a couple of days ago, Josh on the, on, on his latest call said, he was asked about the deep ball and how that has that, you know, how it's gone working on it. And he said, some days I'll be out on the practice field and everything will be working. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll see the guy, the, the ball will feel great coming out of my hand. And then some days it just doesn't feel right. I'll, I'll make a throw and I made the same throw perfectly yesterday. And the next day it wasn't as good. So, um, Elliot, I see. Ask, can we? Uh, did we practice a screenplay? Elliot, my man, you've been in every day. I think I can't tell you. My 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 lips are sealed. That's funny. Uh, you know, with, with Josh Allen, I think you raised some really good points. One, um, offense is usually behind the defense early on at camp, and even though it seems funny saying early on at camp and we're three weeks away from an actual game. Uh, it is still early on at camp. And, and then not only the continuity on the defensive side of the ball, those new additions on defense, many of them played in Sean McDermott's system. Mario Ad and, and a lot of the defensive linemen, mind you, also played for Eric Washington, but uh, Addison and Butler, and you have A.J. Klein, you have Josh Norman, who we're going to talk about here in a minute. So even if they weren't with the Bills last year, you know that learning curve for them really isn't there because they know the system. So the, the defense is already clicking in all cylinders. Well, like you said, offense, a lot of new pieces there. So now transitioning over to Josh Norman, uh, you, you mentioned that at practice today, went down on an interception uh, with after the play, Stephon Diggs kind of 
knocked the ball on. He maybe got injured before that, after it, and, and he had to get looked at by some trainers. So uh, can you update the fans on what you guys were told after practice? And then and maybe any encouraging signs, maybe the fact that he was on the exercise bike after, any, anything like that that you think maybe it's not going to be too serious? I mean, I don't want to speculate on the right. severity of it at all because, you know, those kinds of things, especially with legs, and it looked like he was grabbing it at the back of his knee, which always makes you, like, really concerned, especially for a guy that's, you know, he's not a spring chicken at 32 years old. Um, the, the play happened um, after a really nice play, a nice interception where he just read, read Allen. Uh, the ball was kind of hung, hung up there a little bit. He made the interception, and that's another big thing. Kudos to Josh Norman for making the interception. That's one of the things he said in his press conference. I feel like what I'm going to bring to this defense is I'm going to create turnovers. I've done it throughout my career. And, you know, already he's been on a couple plays. I haven't thought he's been, you know, um, great. You know, I think that there's been times he's been beat and, you know, which is going to happen in this environment. It's just going to happen. Like you can't overreact to one rep or a few reps or a few plays or even like a guy like Dawson Knox who hasn't really had a lot going for him yet and had you know had the drop and the fumble but you can't overreact it's early we haven't played a game yet but I think you know kudos to Josh Norman for getting it done he gets injured uh he was down for maybe 20 seconds before he popped back up slowly walked off with the trainer and then spent about 10 minutes on the far sideline where you know, he was getting looked at and eventually walked back across, joined his teammates and, you know, for the rest of the practice, did not practice again. And after practice, the Bills said that uh, they're going to they're, they were still evaluating him to see where things stand. So we'll, we'll monitor his progress, uh, where he's at tomorrow. If he appears on the injury report, I think we talked to Sean McDermott tomorrow, so he'll probably update things before practice starts. Very good. And in the comments, we have some undrafted free agent talk. How are Trey Adams and Reggie Gilliam looking? Got nothing on Trey Adams. Uh, he has not popped to me once. And here's another interesting thing. When I go into these practices, uh, you know, we, we don't have replay. And a lot of times there's a lot going on. There's like, you know, today, for instance, you saw that great tweet from Matthew Fairburn, who got a nice uh, video of Brian Winters versus Epinesa and one-on-ones. He was sitting perfectly positioned to get that over there. I was on the complete other side of the field and I was kind of looking at some of the receiver work and, and some of the other things that are going on. Sometimes there's multiple things going on in the field at one time. So it's tough to track it all. Um, in teamwork, I haven't really noticed Trey Adams yet. And as an offensive lineman, that could be a good thing. Um, in terms of Reggie Gilliam, he's been outstanding. I mean, uh, you know, I wish I could tell you guys all the things uh, about Gilliam that, I, that I've liked this week. I, I will just leave it at it seems like folks are happy with what he's doing. I'm, I'll be interested to ask Sean about him tomorrow and his early impressions of him. Uh, and he's got, uh, you know, the by all intents and purposes, you know, if you look at this thing objectively, you'd think he'd have to have at least a chance to make the roster. I don't want to say a leg up because I think Patrick DeMarco comes in with a leg up because of his experience and his familiarity with the system, et cetera, et cetera. But in terms of what Reggie Gilliam brings as a receiver, as we've seen in the last couple of days as a blocker, he, he, he had a really nice block on a Zach Moss run today. Um, I think he's got a really good chance to make this roster. He's young, he's hungry, and he does a lot of the same things that Patrick DeMarco does. And I think it's going to come down to how much do they need his leadership? Is it enough to take the chance that you let Reggie Gilliam go and somebody starts talking about the kind of camp he's had? Because it's by all accounts, he's had a great camp and he ends up signing somewhere else. So he's someone to keep an eye on. That's some that's an area to keep an eye on. So we'll, so we'll continue to do that. 
Yeah, and I think that's a promising sign for the undrafted free agent that he's handled himself so well. And, and, and you know, like you said, he could end up getting taken by another team if, if the Bills do end up uh, going with DeMarco. But at, at least he's also shown enough that the Bills would probably, it sounds like, at least try to bring him back to the practice squad, worst case scenario. Uh, some Duke Williams questions in the comments. I think we, we've talked a little bit about Duke this Duke. week. Duke. Seem, seems to be uh, practicing pretty well in Buffalo, making almost like a catch per day that really gets people talking. How did he look today? He looked hot because the guy wears a hoodie under his jersey <laughs> every time he hits the practice field. I, he just wants to feel like he's out there putting in work. And I don't think he needs that to get that feeling because he's always out there grinding. But, you know, he made another just absolutely outstanding catch today where we all kind of just looked at each other like did he just catch that it was on a, it was on basically like a Hail Mary and it wasn't a Hail Mary because Jake Fromm doesn't really have the arm for like a, a true Hail Mary but it was just a I, I feel, I'm feeling the pressure I gotta get the ball out of my hands he heaved it up and Duke Williams just made a crazy catch where he kind of just it just slipped under the defenders outreached arms and just right into the only area where Duke could catch it and he he grabbed it Fell down in 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 a dramatic way and popped right back up. Had the ball, so Duke Williams continues to do Duke Williams things. Um, and as that continues, I think that's I think if you're Brandon Bean, you're just sitting there watching Duke play like that, and you're just like, you got like that. What's that? The the Grinch smile on your face because you know what that's probably doing for the motivation of Gabe Davis and and, and Isaiah Hodgins watching this. You know, cagey old vet who came out here, got got some shine last season, and now is coming back and still determined, still working hard, still making plays. And, you know, Gabe, De I feel like these guys are motivating each other. They're all out there making plays. We haven't seen anything huge uh, from Cole Beasley yet, but John Brown the other day opening training camp up with that 50-yard bomb uh, from, jo from Josh Allen. So that's a good thing. You know, Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean, they have a lot of cliches, but one of them that I truly believe is, is right on the money is – Cop competition breeds greatness. I think that's it. It's something along those lines. But you know, you know, competition pushes guys to be the best version of themselves, and we're seeing that. And Duke Williams is like almost the perfect example of it. Yeah, and, and good for Duke because I think he knows he left some plays on the field in, in that playoff game, that wild card game last year. Uh, I think he knows that. I don't want to say that he's been written off, but I think he knows that the odds aren't as strong this year based on the addition of Stefan Diggs and the two rookies in the draft and things like that. So, you know, it's nice to see him uh, playing so well early on here at camp. And real quick, I do see in the, in the comments, can, can Duke Williams take a tight end spot instead? You know, if you mean like a roster spot in the bills only carry three instead of four in the carry an extra wide receiver. Yeah. But if you're saying, can he transition to, to tight end? No, not probably not. I mean, that's a whole different playbook. It's a whole different, uh, system. So I, I wouldn't really bank on that much. And I'm sure you kind of uh, agree with that, but uh, there they're all iron sharpens. Iron. I was going to say that. And then you're like, Oh, maybe it is competition. There's so, there's so many. I can't keep I them straight. Well, so thank you, Elliot. They all come here to be the best version of themselves. There too. it is. Oh, so, see, yeah, we, we, we've got them all. We've got, Hey, them listen, all. who's laughing really at the end of the day, because it obviously looks like it's working. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, you, you know, and one last thought here, at least for me, we're, we're seeing it in a lot of these camps, especially across the AFC East, where we talked today about Josh having a, a mixed day. Well, you look at the Patriots camp and Jarrett Stidham's thrown seven interceptions in the last two practices. Now it looks like it's going to Cam Newton's favor, who was 
just two days ago, they were talking about him being a check down Charlie and the fact that maybe he doesn't know the system yet. The Jets supposedly had an awful offensive day today and the line looked really bad. These are the things that every team goes through this time of the year. There's ups and downs. Like you said, tomorrow might be Josh's day where we get back together and we're just hyping this guy up and talking about lookout, uh, Pro Bowl coming his way or, or whatever the expectations may be. So, you know, it's a day-by-day thing. It's encouraging those seeing some of these younger players that are popping. And obviously, it's great to see that Allen has connected, though, with, with Stefan Diggs for the most part here early on in camp. Great stuff, Ryan. Thanks for joining me. Before we get out of here, let me just say a little punter update. I want to get that in as well. Um, Yeah, Mr. Edwards, not a great debut after coming over from the Jets. We'll call it a little uh, uh, little maybe some jet lag or, you know, maybe just wasn't feeling great uh, coming into his first practice. You know, Corey Bohork has had the punt of the day. Boomer uh, probably went about – 70 yards in the air, great hang time. Um, so I think Corey Bohork has won the day today. I I, I thought uh, LaShawn, how do you pronounce his first name? Lachlan. Lachlan. He's yeah, from Australia. So not a lock right now, it sounds not like. Not a lock at all. <laughs> not a lock. But he did get the treatment. He got the press conference today. Uh, I wasn't able to get in there because I was writing up the observations, but uh, I'll be checking it out later today. Um, but we will be back. Um, I, I see another question. Yes, we are enjoying the Blue Jays in Buffalo. Go Buffalo Blue Jays. I got my shirt, um, and my son is playing for the Blue Jays in Little League, so it's perfect. This is a sh- shout, a Buffalo football podcast. Matt Perino, Ryan Talbot, and the Buffalo Bills. Go to all of your podcast devices, applications, subscribe, rate, and review. We really appreciate it. We may be back tomorrow. Brian can't join me. Maybe I'll do a little solo. We'll give you every day this week a quick pod. We're trying to bring you guys as much as we can, and we will see you next time. Thanks for joining us.